Today we're looking at the book of Romans. Uh, for the, this is a little mini-series that we're in. We're in the book of Romans. It's a, it's a masterpiece. Romans is the cathedral of theology. It is, like, we, if we did a line-by-line study of Romans, we would, I'm seriously, we'd probably be here for two years. And so what I'm doing is I'm picking out the best hits out of Romans. How's that sound? You want the best out of Romans? It's, 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 it's brilliant. We'll be looking at Romans 8. And I think that this is one of the secrets that this family was able to tap into. Romans 8, we'll start at chapter 31, or verse 31. You ready? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? Amen. What an incredible statement. What an incredible promise. If God's for you, who can be against you? And when we are in Christ, God is for you. He is, he's your coach. If you are, oh, brothers and sisters, you are in a fight. I mean, seriously. The Bible tells us that we are in a fight. That we, that we our identity is as warriors. There's spiritual warfare going on. And you need to wake up to that reality. You are in a fight. And if you're, if you're passive, you're going to get eaten alive. It's just the way that it is. God is for us. Who can be against us? That means that he is our coach. Jesus is our coach. If we're in the ring, he is on the other side of the ropes, coaching us, guiding us, showing us where to hit, where to duck, how to fight, Biting ears off and stuff like that. Fighting dirty if we have to, to win these spiritual fights. I'm sorry, I, I, I fight dirty. And I wrestle, I got in trouble all the time for wrestling because I always fought dirty. I'm sorry. Yeah. If the ref doesn't see it, it's legal. No, it's not. That's bad. That's that, Ignore me on that one. Okay, here we go. Uh, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us, ready for this, all things? All things God wants to give us. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen, God's chosen you. And no one, when you are in the kingdom of heaven, no one can bring up a charge against you. You step into God's justice when he is on your side. You can't lose and you can't be convicted. It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died for more, than, for more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also, underline this, this is great, he's interceding for us. He's rooting us on. He's praying our prayers that we forget to pray to God. He is interceding for us fighting for us, tapping us into the Holy Spirit's power for our lives. He's active on our behalf. 
And he wants us to begin to act like Jesus. You will be called someday, if you're not already doing so, to intercede for someone else, to stand in that gap, to pray the prayers that they're not praying because they're too weak to do so in their current state. But God sees them differently, and so will you. You will see people as God sees them, as conquerors, as victors, as warriors. Hmm? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword or forest fires or nuclear weapons or rogue nations or violence or all this weird sexual stuff that's going on right now? Nothing, nothing, nothing can keep us from God's love. So let's just put our circumstances into the kingdom of heaven and take a different look at them now. Now this is fun. You have to pay attention to this because it's important. Paul quotes scripture here. For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. It has been said, it has been written, the Word of God says that you face death, that you're constantly under the shadow of death, and if that's not bad enough, you're a dumb sheep that's being led to the slaughter. What? How does it make you feel right now? Probably doesn't make you feel too good. That's a good thing, because it's not necessarily true. It's true of your old person. It's true of Old Testament theology, but we're in the New Testament right now. We're in the newness of life. And Paul goes on to the very next verse, in verse 36, he says something so dramatic and so powerful. He says, no. Your old person is the dead, dumb sheep that's completely clueless, completely powerless that is the victim and Paul says no 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 that's not true it was true of you then but it's not true of you now no in all these things we are more than conquerors Paul is the master of compare and contrast. He's going to contrast the sheep that's led to the slaughter, the, the, the victim mentality individual in contrast to the conqueror. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What? We lose a little bit in the translation. We lose a little bit in the language. What's one of the most famous brands of sneakers? Oh, wow, Nike. Yeah. Do you know in the Greek when this was written, uh, it says you are more than Nike? Nike, is, Nike translates as to conquer. That's why they picked the name Nike, because it means conquer. That's why they picked the little swoosh, because that's Hermes' little wings that he flies around. This conquer, conquering symbol, whatever. Paul says, no, you, you're not a victim. You are Nike. You're a conqueror. 
And we lose a little bit of the, the impact in the language of more. You are more than Nike. You're more than Conqueror. How many people want more? Like you want more of God? That's good, right? You want more. And there's nothing wrong with wanting more of God. There's nothing more of wanting more of being empowered by him. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with wanting more of your prayers answered. More is good, but hyper is better. <laughs> because that's what more is translated. It's like hyper Nike. Again, we lose the, the impact of the translation. He says, no, through him who loved us, we are hyper Nike. We're infused with power. Basically, Paul is telling us we're just, we're just superheroes in Christ. We are supernatural beings in Christ. Hyper Nike. Isn't that cool? goes on to say, for I am convinced. Other translations say, I am confident. I am convinced, I am confident that neither, again, he goes into the contra contrast, either death nor life, bless you, Neither angels, we're in the Christmas season, the season of angels. We've got some angels around us. No more than usual, by the way. They just don't show up on Christmas. They show up whenever they're invited. They show up whenever God has a message for you. So neither angel nor demon, neither the past... How many people are still struggle with your past? Stop it. Neither the past nor the future. How many people are struggling with your future? Stop it. <laughs> nor any powers. No powers at all. Spiritual powers, political powers, muscle powers like me. Nothing. No powers. Neither height nor depth. How deep are you? It's okay to be my height. Preferable to be my height. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't matter. Nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate you from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from God's love. And it's un not even you. You can't even separate yourself from God's love. He loves us unconditionally. So I'm going to push it a little bit because love is God. And God offers love. And love is more than just the warm, fuzzy feelings. It is so multifaceted. It's the very core and essence of who God is, everything that he does, everything that he does. Even discipline comes from love. Have you ever been disciplined by the Lord? That's not fun. But guess what? It's loving. Sometimes we get disciplined by God and we think he's being mean. 
No, he's being loving. Everything he does, he does from a sense of love. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These are all the fruit of the Spirit, but they're all hallmarked by love. Love is the first thing for, the very, for one very specific reason. Because it highlights all of them. They all have to be done in love and through love. So let me ask you a question. Maybe you don't feel like you need love or a warm, fuzzy feeling, but what do you need right now? Do you need confidence? Do you need self-control? Because the way that I'm not pushing this too hard, logically thinking about it, nothing can separate you from what you need from God. Do you need peace? Nothing can separate you from the peace of God if you choose to receive it. Do you need uh, provision? Nothing can separate you from God's provision if you're in his love. Do you need a breakthrough? Nothing can separate you from God's breakthrough if you're in Christ Jesus. These are the promises that he gives us. So I want to encourage you, be hyper-Nike. You need to... You need to win before you fight. You need to see your fight and automatically say, I'm going to win that. This is, or maybe you're even in it. Oh, I'm going to win this. No, I'm going to get through this. This is no big deal. This is nothing. And the Bible, well, let's talk about the world again. Let's go back to current affairs. It seems like they're big and like the world can't solve them. They're overwhelming as, as if they are giants. But the Bible talks about giants quite often. And he talks about what it takes, the attitude and the mindset and the belief and the language that's required to defeat giants. Caleb, was, uh, he was a spy. He was an older gentleman that God moved into a place of influence. He was sent, into, he was sent from the desert into the promised land to spy it out, to check it out, to see what God's promises were all about, to see what the possibilities were, to see how he was going to get blessed. Eleven other guys went with him. They go into the promised land, and they see the giants. And the eleven, get, they see the giants, and their perception of themselves was based upon the threats and the fears of the giants. It says something like this, that in their eyes, they viewed themselves as grasshoppers. So the giants saw them, and they saw, the 11 saw themselves in the presence of the giants. They heard the threats, they heard the, the taunting, and immediately they adjusted their vision of themselves from men to grasshoppers. So it wasn't the giants that did it. it. They did it to themselves. Basically, they said, when those guys looked at us, we transformed ourselves into, into grasshoppers. But see, Caleb was a man of a different spirit. 
So when he walks into the promised land, and not only did when he, before he got there, he decided he was going to win, but in the midst of the danger, in the midst of the lies, in the midst of the taunting and the fear, he sees opportunity, and he declares with his mouth, I'm going to get property out of this deal. He didn't see it as a struggle. He saw it as a deal that he made with God. And he became a giant killer in that moment. He saw the tension. He saw the frustration. He saw the opposition as an opportunity. doesn't matter what you're going through. No matter what situation you are in, whether it is self-inflicted or somebody is afflicting you, there is an opportunity there for you to become a better person. But it depends on how you see it. You if you are in Christ, you are going to become a better person when you get on the other side of this thing. It's going to be an amazing journey that you get to go on. And you will have a powerful testimony. And if you're saying to me, Pastor Josh, you don't know what I'm going through. Like I said, I've seen it all. Well, I probably shouldn't say that again. I've seen people get through it. I've seen people of faith get through it, and, they, and you can do it. David was the same thing. David was a, I mean, he saw the giant as just another opportunity for him to advance in God's presence. Goliath was a, I mean, he was a real guy. He was a real giant. He had real swords. He had real armor. He was a champion. He was he was a Nike, if you will, from the, for the bad guys. But his number one weapon was not his sword and his spear. His number one weapon was his mouth. And this is what the enemy used to breed fear into God's people. And Goliath was a master at it because he ran his mouth like a pro wrestling wrestler. And because of the lies that this giant spewed out, that the people of God began to identify with, oh, yes, I'm a victim, I'm a lamb, I'm an idiot, I'm a loser. These guys are going to kill us. We better run away. He didn't have to pull out his sword. But David, like Caleb, was a man of a different Spirit And David went into battle long before he faced his giant. In private, in, in solitude, when nobody was watching, he kills the lion and the bear. And he didn't get any recognition for it. David had to overcome, I don't know, family stuff. He had to fight his brothers before he got to fight his giant. But when he saw the enemy of God for who he was as a liar and a taunter, and when he was able to speak truth into the situation when he knew who he was, when he was able to cast down those lies, he kills the giant, and then he gets promoted into something even better. And he has to fight another fight, which is kingship. Maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe you've uh, killed some giants, and now it's time to move in to royalty. And it's not going to be any easier than it was before. It's just a different fight. And you have to choose to win before you go. Amen? You like that? Yeah. So let's do it, huh?
Let's do it. Practically. What do we need to do practically? One, don't go in agreement with the lies because they're all out there. They're in the airwaves. Don't go into the agreement with that. Two, protect your heart, guard your heart, strengthen yourself in the Lord, and that might mean that you turn the news off. Right? You have to watch out for the airwaves because who rules the airwaves? Yep. So just monitor how much negative input that you get. Uh, three, though, you still you can't let your heart get hardened. Like you can't get you can't become callous to this stuff. You know, when another neighborhood burns up, you can't just brush it off. Like you you need to ask if you don't have the emotions for it, ask God for His emotions for it. When there's somebody around you that's hurting and you just don't like, oh, whatever, get over it. That's the time when you ask God for His emotions for those that you've just brushed off. You need to ask God for his grace for those that are hurting. And begin to, uh, last point, begin just to develop this language that says, no, I am, a, I am more than a conqueror. I am hyper Nike. And nothing can separate me from God's love. Or, another way of saying it, nothing can separate me from God's resources. Nothing can separate me from what I need from God, with the exception of my own heart. So nothing can separate you from what you need right now. You have it all. You have everything. In all these things, you are more than a conqueror. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Let me get the band up. We're just going to do a little bit more work here. We're going to lean into what God's going to say. Because he's going to say something to you today because you need it you you need to hear what god's voice is and i see it in you some of you have victory in certain areas of your life where you're just a rock star but in other areas of your life you're a victim and and this is what god's going to highlight to you because that victim mentality is not true It might be your reality, it might be true, but it is not truth. Truth is, is that you are in Christ and he is in you, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So you have everything, so this area in your life, whatever it may be, you have have victory over that area in your life, and you're going to become hyper Nike in that. You're going to be the superhero in your own soul, and you're going to transform from the inside out. So we're going to do it right now. We're just going to go into God's presence. We're going to ask him to speak to us in the spirit right now. Somebody's get everybody to bow your heads, close your eyes, just center yourself up on Jesus' face. Listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Allow God to be your good father, your heavenly father. Allow him to breathe joy and hope and strength into your life. When I was, uh, when I was ministering to this family, I, uh, like in the spirit, I, as this strength was bubbling up in the midst of their frustration, 
I could see in the spirit their, their uh, spiritual armor be- beginning to lay on them. So I could see their helmet of salvation and their breastplate of righteousness. I could sick it. I could literally see these things on this, on this family. So Holy Spirit, in our in our souls right now, I pray right now you I just highlight the areas where we've become passive, where we've become victims. And I pray right now that you will just transform that area of our life into hypernike. God, I pray that you will love that one part of our lives. And God, right now we come before you as we should with thanksgiving. God, we enter into your space. We enter into your, your realm, your dimension, your our, our prayer life, God, we enter, in, we enter in with thanksgiving and we enter in with praise. God, we thank you so much for the, our condition right now. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that you've given us. We even thank you for the difficult times that we see that we're coming through on the other side. So God, we thank you for these situations. God, I pray right now you give us the ability to see the opposite spirit that we are fighting against. God, if we are dealing with anxiety, give us peace. God, if we're dealing with fear, give us courage, give us strength. And God, may we be like Jesus and be intercessors in this moment, in this time, in this history. And God, so we pray for those that are frustrated. We pray for those that are hurting. We pray for those that are broken. We pray for those that have lost everything. God, we pray for the tension that's in our world. And we step in the gap and we we say, God, God, be God. Come, Jesus, save this situation. God, here we are, send us. Help us to be a blessing to the community. Help us to be a blessing to others. And as we pray those prayers together, in this moment, I want the Holy Spirit just to speak to you directly. What is he saying? What's he saying to you right now? Just go ahead and lean into God's voice. And if you hear him speaking to you, I want you just to write down whatever it is he's saying. If it's a one word, if it's a sentence, write it in your Bible, write it in your program, whatever. Write it down. Let's document this thing. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need Jesus as your Lord and your Savior in your life, if there's been something just tugging on your soul that you've never felt before, and you need to know the love of God that is unconditional, that love that won't, that can't be separated from you, if that's you, if you need, if you need to declare that Jesus is your Lord today, just raise your hand. I'd like to just agree with you, pray for you. I see you. God bless you, honey. You're a new creation today. That old stuff that's inside of you, that past stuff, the past can't separate you from God's love. 
your very mind is going to be cleared away and there's going to be past thoughts that you are going to forget about forever. If you will have spiritual amnesia, you're going to be completely set free from every dark thing, every dark thought that does not belong in the kingdom of heaven. Your problems are now moving into heaven. And when your, God, your problems move into heaven, they get fixed. So they're being fixed right now. God's healing your heart. Anybody, I see you over there. God bless you. God's going to move mightily in your, in your heart too. You're going to move into new dimensions of spiritual strength. And you're going to find new truth that you haven't had before. God bless you. I see your hand too. God bless you. Uh, forgiveness is the name of the game for you. You're gonna re you're gonna receive forgiveness because you received it from God. It's gonna empower you to forgive others. There's gonna be a grace that's gonna sit on you where you're gonna have empathy and compassion for people that you just don't like. And it's not from you, it's from the Lord. You're gonna be walking in the newness of life, a newness of spirit. <laughs> I see you over there. There's gonna be a restoration. I see you. There's going to be a breakthrough in your life. It's going to be a restoration of relationships. You're going to become a new man. You're going to begin to walk in your own truth. You're going to regain and capture that warrior spirit that you once had, but now you're a little apathetic on it. You're a little weak. You're a little broken, but he's calling you back up into strength. And the same is true for the gal. Uh, you're gonna become the Deborah, the Deborah of your family. You're gonna become the fighter of your family where nothing can harm you and nothing can come against you. And you'll have victory, you'll have, you'll have breakthrough. And your victory will be able to be measured numerically, meaning you can count you can physically count your victories that you're going to come across. I can't wait to see what God does in your life. God bless you.